This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Your official station to talk Yankees. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Sal Okada back off the fan. 877-337-6666 is the number to call this Monday morning. While you were sleeping, we discussed, well, we started with the Jets. We've done, done both Jets and Giants and went around the league, and I don't even know what the hell else we filled with here uh, on this Monday morning. But we started talking about the Jets and their disappointment, and this was a game where the Jets were supposed to show us that they were legitimate. We were supposed to start to believe in the Jets after this week, finally getting some revenge on a down New England Patriots team who was coming off a terrible showing on Monday Night Football a week ago against the Bears. And I do think that, that led to some of the tough talk that we heard this week. And that was surprising from the coaching staff. But, oh, yeah, we remember last time. and We're looking forward to this one. And blah, 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 blah. They ran it up. Yeah, well, that's what the Patriots do. And until you actually go out there and do it, all the talk is cheap. And yet again, we got into a spot where the talk was cheap for the Jets. And it wasn't, to me, all on Zach Wilson. Now, there's no excusing his three interceptions. Just lazy plays, you know, the throw over the middle at the end of the first half, letting that thing float away from him, trying to throw the ball out of bounds, not getting it far away, just making terrible decisions. And then maybe the lack of accountability afterward, an issue as well, where Wilson cannot say, oh, it's frustrating. Not throwing the ball away. Yeah, dude, what do you think? You're the first quarterback ever that's frustrated throwing the ball away? Throw it away. That's what good quarterbacks do. Live to play another down. Make a smart decision. This isn't BYU where you could just get away with anything. You can't force the issue here. Live to play another down, you knucklehead. And as he said, he made some knucklehead plays or boneheaded plays. Yeah, well, that's unfortunately part of growing pains with a young quarterback. But... I'm not ready to jump off the Zach Wilson bandwagon like everybody else in this town already. I mean, some of the stuff that was being said yesterday, to me, I thought was borderline ridiculous and absurd. Going into this game, everybody thought, oh, the Jets are going to show them. It's going to be a party out of MetLife. The Jets are going to show the Patriots. They're going to spank them. Mac Jones stinks. Is it going to be Zappy or Jones? Oh, the Patriots are down. And then all of a sudden you get into the game and the Jets lose the game and it's all Zach Wilson can't play anymore. Time to get to Mike White. Which, by the way... I do think, and Fleegs and I were talking about this earlier off the year, and Fleegs is one of those dire Jeff fans that is you know, now turning on Zach Wilson here, which, like I said, I understand the frustration, but we were talking about it off the year before where Mike White now being named the backup, that's a, there's no other way to put it, that that's a move that is going to send a message to Zach Wilson. And 
instead of me blaming Wilson, I'm blaming the coaches. But if the coaches are trying to teach Zach Wilson and he's not getting it or he doesn't want to listen to them, then that's another issue that the Jets may have to figure out how they're going to get through to him. And uh, look, maybe benching him is going to get through to him. I'm not sure if that's the right answer, but something's got to be able to change here. And my issue with the coaches is that it's an unknown. The same way that we talked about it with if the Mets didn't hire Buck Showalter and hired Matt Quattraro all year long, we'd be talking about, yeah, I don't know about this guy. Where you don't have to worry about it with Buck. You know what Buck is. With Brian Dable, we've seen it early on with the Giants to where we know he's not the problem. As a matter of fact, he's the strength. He's the reason why the Giants have been so good to start this year. We haven't seen that with Robert Sala and the Jets. They're way too inconsistent. The penalties are have been killer. Obviously, the Franklin Myers penalty yesterday changed the game, and it was a penalty. I mean, the rule sucks. It's cheap. I get it. But that game got away from the Jets at the end of the first half there with the Wilson interception, with that terrible penalty from Franklin Myers negating a, a would-be pick six. I mean, those things can't happen, not against New England, really against anybody, but especially against New England. Anyway, that's a reflection to me of the head coach not being able to get through. How many times have we got to watch this Jets team, good defense or not, make stupid penalty, make stupid mistake after stupid mistake, take stupid penalty after stupid penalty? These special teams was atrocious yesterday. That's on coaching to me. Obviously, some of it's execution as well, but the, the, the coaching, it's just sloppy. And I don't know. I mean, the same way that some people could question Zach Wilson, at least I've seen enough from Zach Wilson's skill set that I believe in Zach Wilson moving forward. I still believe he's going to be a franchise quarterback. Matter of fact, you look at the quarterback player on the league, it's not very good. I think Wilson has a chance to be in the top tier if he could ever figure it out. Instill some discipline. Listen to what his coaches are saying, assuming that they're coaching him the right way. And go out there and play smart football. But I don't know what Robert Sala is as a head coach. I know he's passionate. I know he's a defensive guy. You know, that plays a part in it too. Not that you need an offensive guy, see Adam Gaze. But you need somebody who you feel confident in that is going to put the prize possession in your organization in the best spot to succeed. And I don't believe Sala or LaFleur have done that. Sala handing the the reins over to LaFleur, who's another young, inexperienced head coach, that drives me nuts. Since day one, that's been an issue for me. With a young quarterback to boot, it's a bad combination. And right now, I would think that that's the weakest link. Now, again, we know the Jets have been ravaged with injury. Not an excuse, and it's part of sports and football in particular. But losing Vera Tucker and Hall, that hurt this Jets team. Maybe if those guys were there, this game goes a different way. But it didn't. They're not here, and the Jets lost. Yet again to the Patriots. Outcoached, and Zach Wilson was outplayed by Mac Jones. As good as the defense may be, as talented as the roster may be, that just can't happen. Now they'll have a chance for revenge in a couple of weeks. Or a few weeks. Buffalo first at home next week. What do you think is going to happen? Or this week, I should say. What do you think is going to happen with that game? I mean, I'd be stunned if the Jets... Honestly, I'd be stunned if the Jets were competitive. If they were competitive in this game, I would be stunned. Then the bye week, and then at New England, with a chance to 
make amends for this poor performance. And that's what they have to do. And if they lose these next couple games in a row, then then it's going to be a different story where probably both the quarterback and the coach will be coming to question. But for now, the majority of people seem to be picking on Zach Wilson. I'm going to look at the coaching staff and blame them. Again, Wilson's not absolved. He played terrible. You can't throw the football the way he did and with those interceptions and expect to win or be absolved of blame. However, I'd be concerned long-term more so with the coaches than I would the quarterback. Giants lost in Seattle. Hey, it happens. I mean, that's just one of those games against a solid team. Not that Seattle's great, but they've been solid. Geno Smith has been good. You can't go up there and make mistakes. Richie James with the two fumbles. That can't happen. Saquon Barkley didn't get anything going on the ground. Giants weren't able to do that to establish the ground game, which has been their bread and butter. Daniel Jones couldn't even get anything going on the ground. So between Barkley and Jones, they can't run the football. The Giants are not built to win games through the air. Daniel Jones threw the ball 31 times, 17 of 31, didn't have an interception, but also did not have a touchdown. And that's kind of what Daniel Jones has been. And it was a game that could have been a one-score game late, if not for the second Richie James fumble. And look, you do that, it's going to cost you. Seattle made some mistakes as well, but we were able to able to overcome them at home. And Geno Smith, not necessarily a revenge game, but Geno Smith saying that this one was for Ben McAdoo and uh, Jerry Reese, the two guys who believed in him when he was with the Giants. Geno Smith having himself a solid year as the lead guy in Seattle. I still don't believe in Seattle or Geno Smith, but hey, for now, they've done a nice job leading the NFC West. Look at the NFC. Eagles 7-0, Vikings 6-1, Atlanta 4-4, top the NFC South, and Seattle 5-3, leading the NFC West. Bizarre. Anyway, for the Giants, look, going into the bye week, sucks sitting on that for a couple of weeks, sitting on a loss, but overall, you have to be thrilled if you're a Giants fan. Going into the bye week at 6-2, where most people would have probably had you 2-6, if that going into the bye week. And now for them, out of the bye week, two games that they're going to be favored in, which hasn't happened this year. Those are games they got to go out there and win. And that'll set up the big showdown on Thanksgiving against the Cowboys. But either way, solid start to the Giants season, even with the loss. Hey, it happens. Jets, it's a bad loss because that's a game that Going in, there was a lot of hype and a lot of excitement and a lot of talk from the Jets. Talk, talk, talky. And they didn't back it up on the field. Julian is calling from Brooklyn. What's up, Julian? Hey, Sal. How are you? Julian, how are you? Good, good. Good to have you back. Um, I want to say, first of all, <laughs> I, uh, I want to make a Jets point, but I want to tell you, first of all, the last show you did before you were off, I know you went to see Adam Sandler, mm-hmm. but your phone call with Bob from Bayside was the funniest <laughs> phone call mm-hmm. I've ever heard. The, the back and forth with you and him about the Yankees and then Fleegs played the Yankee song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Nope. And just remind, I was like, what was so funny about it? I forgot the Yankee song. You're right. I like when Bob calls. I know Bob tries to needle me, and he does, but we have some fun with him. Yeah, it, it was it was so funny. I was I was in the kitchen grabbing a bottle of water, and I was cracking up listening well, to you. I appreciate guys. that. Thank you, Julian. I appreciate that. 
Um, anyway, so about the Jets, a little disappointed in the loss only because they seem to be in control in the first uh, half, really. Um, you know, Zach Wilson still not giving up on him. He he made a couple bad throws, but I still think he can be, you know, the quarterback of the future. He just needs the right coaches, like you've said before. You you stole my thunder with that. Um, so and you look, maybe maybe. Maybe these are the guys, Julian. We don't know. We're still learning here. It's so early on, and I get it. Jeff fans want it now because it's been so long since the mm-hmm. team has been good, since the team has been relevant. But remember, let's not forget, just because of the talent, just because of the way that things shape up with the extra team in the playoffs or the way the Jets can make the playoffs, we're still in a learning spot here with both the head coach well, and the offensive coordinator to, to boot, but and the quarterback, sure. really the head coach and quarterback, it's still so early in their development. Year three. Three will be the biggest step. That's where the you're going to right. Agree a hundred percent, so. And um, you know, I, I, I'm, sti- I still, I'm still not giving up on, on, on Zach Wilson as yet. You know, um, I think, I think he can still be a good quarterback in this league. Um, if you don't mind, can I, can I, just. Ask your opinion on a Mets point. Mm-hmm. Listen, I I want the I would love the Mets to to sign Jacob Degrom to keep. I would love Jacob Degrom to be back with the Mets. However, if if it doesn't turn out that way, I say Steve Cohen go out and get Carlos Rodon. Yeah, but I don't I'll, think he's. I don't think, and thank you for the call, Julian. And we appreciate the kind words and appreciate listening and calling. I don't think he's going to replace. See, here's the problem: you can get Rodon, you can get other pitchers. There's nobody that could replace Jacob Degrom. There's going to be a drop off there. Now, in the Mets' defense, Jacob Degrom hasn't pitched, so the Mets did a lot of what they did this year without Jacob Degrom. And Max Scherzer as well for the majority of the year. I mean, think about it. How many stars they actually had between them. The the only thing they needed was for those two guys to perform in the biggest spots down the stretch. The Atlanta series and in the postseason. And they didn't. I mean, DeGrom was okay, but still not vintage DeGrom. Certainly not in Atlanta. And Scherzer was awful. The only thing they needed from those guys this year were those two games. And then obviously beyond, had they would have advanced. God, it's infuriating. But, all right, maybe they go get Rodon if they don't get DeGrom, but that's a drop-off. That's a significant drop-off. That's where you're going to have an issue. It's going to be a fascinating offseason around here for both the Mets and the Yankees. I can't wait for free agency to begin. DeGrom, Judge, headlining the free agents. But these teams need to... See, it's exciting when they're not starting from scratch trying to build a winner. The Yankees are established. The Mets now establishing themselves as a team who is at least going for it. They have a long way to go before they establish themselves as a regular contender the way that the Yankees or Astros or Dodgers or Braves have. It's still in its infancy stages here under Steve Cohen, but you know that they're going to be players. They did win a hundred, you know, over a hundred games last year, and they're going to be players in the free agent market, not just with their own guys, but with others. 
So it's exciting to see how these two teams are going to try to not even fine-tune, but adjust and make the proper changes and proper moves to build their teams to be even better next year and go further next year. Jimmy is calling from Jersey City. Good morning, Jimmy. My man, Sal. How you doing, buddy? Jimmy, how are you this morning? I'm very, very good. You know that. Gates well, the out, Yankees but... got swept away. The Nets are 1-5, but I'm sure you're going to call and focus on the Miami Dolphins. Well, well, the Yankees weren't supposed to be there, but we got there. We got we won one series, and we lost the other one. Weren't supposed to be there? Come on. You, even even a guy like you who picked us to be in fourth place that, that this year. That's not so, true. As a matter yeah, as a matter of fact, they said they no, would win the divisions. You no, got the wrong you guy. You yes, said I did. Toronto would finish against us. No, Boston and Tampa no, I Bay. Didn't. Jimmy, you must be talking about somebody else. Uh, you got the uh, wrong Sal. I never once said that. <laughs> never once did I say that. They started off bad. Everyone was. What other What other shows are you listening to? Just you and Keith. But anyway, oh, I, mean, I, I doubt that Keith said that, and I know I didn't say it. But well, anyway, I remember. Yeah, I remember. Right, let me let me refresh your memory, though. You do you do remember saying two two of sucks, though, right? Yes, I do. All right, Look, Cal. I'm going to give you three things about Tua. Who leads the league in passing rating, completion percentage, and yards per attempt? Sal, yards per attempt. Sal, it's Josh Rudd, that's Josh, Josh Allen, all of them. Tua does. Oh, I, I don't. I don't care. Tua's been good. Tua I mean, does. I said he sucked last Tua's year. Been I hated great. the pick. He's five and zero undefeated. Okay, so and the Dolphins are five and three, and I think that Sal, they're good. Well, we're, we're not, there's the nothing best, to argue who, about. Sal, who has the best wide receiver duo in football? Oh, that's great, Jimmy. Who has the best record in the AFC? Who beat who beat that team with the best record? Uh, but not the, the, not the Dolphins. Who's, who's, the Dolphins the don't have team? the best record. Well, who's Jimmy, only, again, who's, what the is, only, who's the only Jimmy, team? Jimmy, uh, again, that help team? me understand. But just help me understand the point of the call because we're we're not. I'm not going to argue with you because I'm I agree. Arguing, I don't I'm proving your point. You always said two is suck. The Dolphins. No, but suck. but hold on. You're not listening. I didn't say that today. Today, as a matter well, of fact, no, I you said can't if you say, heard you me. You can't say today because it's not true now. And I've told you because I'm going to call But that's the point. I told you. Wait till it's not gets, true anymore. Wait till, wait till two against ammunition like you're in Alabama. You're going to see the real Jimmy, you also told me the Yankees are going to win the World Series. How'd that work out? They will. I think they will. You, you told me the Oh, they will what? When? When exactly? They haven't they won the, the World Series in 2009. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Jimmy, I'm not getting in. I'm not getting. Thank you for the call. I'm not getting into the back and forth here. See, this is what drives me nuts about Jimmy. You want to talk about the Dolphins? Call and talk about the Dolphins. Stop with the whoa you said about Tua. Yeah, when I said Tua sucked, guess what? He did suck. He did have a pop gun arm. He's been much better this year, as I said. I'm not still saying Tua sucks. You know why? Because he doesn't. He's proven himself. Even the biggest tour doubters right now have to eat crow. So what? I'm not Sal Stradamus. I can't get everything right. I mean, jeez. So what? It's irrelevant what anybody thought. Let's talk about what is. You want to bring up stats about Tua? That's great. You finally have a quarterback for once in your life. Hey, here we are. We've moved on from Jay Fiedler finally. I mean, Jesus with Miami. Congratulations. You're five and three. Congratulations. Now, A, let's see them continue to do it. B, keep two healthy. I like Miami this year. 
based on what I've watched in the first eight games, specifically with Tua. Now, I don't love their head coach, but Miami offensively has been a dominant football team. How far could that take them? Who knows? I mean, I think they got as good a chance as anybody not named the Chiefs or Bills in the AFC. Matter of fact, they might be third in my power rankings in the AFC. So you're calling to argue with the wrong guy. Oh, you said Tua sucked. Yeah, I did. He did suck. He doesn't anymore. And I admitted it before you said anything. This is going back weeks. They're clearly a different team with them. And you, of all people, Jimmy, have some gall talking about predictions. And, oh, you said this and you said that. How many times did you call this show and say the Yankees are going to win it all, Sal, the Mets suck, whatever, blah, 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 the Yankees are going to win it all, oh, we'll take care of the Astros, blah, 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 blah. Oh, yeah, you took care of the Astros all right. Oh, yeah. Or you want to get into your Nets, bold Nets predictions, how good the Nets are. Come on now, please. It's not about that. Just call and talk about your team. You should, instead of wasting time trying to go back and talk about, yeah, you said this about Tua, you said that about Tua, talk about what they did today against Detroit. I'd rather do that. You know, I didn't even, today was a a weird day for me, or yesterday, I should say. Today's Monday, just getting started. But yesterday was the first football Sunday that I willingly conceded to my wife and daughter. And I don't know what possessed me to do it. Maybe it was guilt. Maybe it was just having, you know, developing more of a bond with my daughter now. She starts to get a little bit older. But I felt like I need, she had this Halloween party. Of course, these knucklehead schools schedule these things. Oh, yeah, on a Sunday morning. Yeah, Sunday. What times? My wife's trying to get me to go weeks ago. Oh, do you think you'll be able to go to Samira's party, Halloween party? They dress up in costume and all these people are going to be there. I'm like, well, all right, when is it? This thing, when is it? Oh, it's on a Sunday. Uh, well, that's not a good start. On a Sunday, what time? Oh, you know, it's Sunday, October 30th. Um, well, it starts at 1.30. 1.30? What? Oh, Sunday 1.30 in football season? Why? Who's scheduling this thing? All right, let me look at the schedule. Jets, Patriots? Nope, sorry, can't do it. I literally, that's how the conversation went. And then this weekend, I think it was either Friday or Saturday, I started to say, hey, is there still tickets for this thing or could I go? And then I saw the joy in my wife's face. And then I was like, I got to do this. And you know what? I, I figured, let me see. And I DVR the game, no big deal. And obviously I'm following along on the phone or whatever else it may be. But the anxiety or mental issues that I have with not being in front of the TV at 1 o'clock on a Sunday and missing all the action, I tried to take that head on. And it was actually okay. I survived. I mean, barely. I went to the stupid thing. Now, my daughter did have fun, but like you're there with all the parents. Oh, hey, kids. Come and sit around the mat and, oh, sing the songs. And I'm like, oh, my God. Now, I did go in costume. I did dress up as Matt Ryan. And maybe that's why I wanted to go. Because I was going to wear that costume with Matt Ryan anyway to support my guy that got wrongfully benched. But the point is, yeah, you try to have fun with it. And, and my daughter did enjoy me being there. And it was fun. And my wife did. So it was worth it. 
But it was just a weird feeling for me to be out of the house at 1 o'clock on a football Sunday. And it wasn't actually bad. There are maybe maybe there's something to it. DVR some of the games, come back and watch it. Live your life, man. Live your life. Although I wouldn't recommend going to these. Yeah, look, you got to do it. But I mean, come on. And then of course, naturally, one guy there who's dressed was dressed in a <laughs> a full like dinosaur costume. I mean, this is what parents do. He dressed in a full dinosaur costume. He comes up to me. Oh, I thought you got benched today. I was like, Matty Ice has never benched in my book. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Just do it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Salakata back on the fan, 877-337-6666. Going to 5 a.m., the warm-up show with Alan Jerry. One other thing from this weekend, real quick, before we get back to your calls here, we're talking about the Jets and Giants. If you're just waking up here while you were sleeping, Jets with a bad loss, I would put it more on the coaches than I would the quarterback. I, I think the overreaction to a horrific game, but a, a you know one one game at that, the overreaction to now Zach Wilson's definitively not the guy, for me, I am nowhere near that being the case. I'm more concerned about the coaches long-term than I would be about the quarterback. For the Giants, just a loss. It happens. Frustrating, sure, but going on the bye at 6-2, and two, I think that's a good thing. I was talking about how yesterday I had to go to that, uh, you know, the, the Halloween party, whatever. Well, Saturday was even better. Had to go to my wife's brother's kids, so my nephew, through marriage. Um, like, fourth birthday party. We're apple-picking. And it was, I forget what the hell it was, Montville, New York? I don't know. It was somewhere up there. It was like two and a half hours away. So not only on a Saturday driving two and a half hours to go apple picking, but then we're there at a kid's birthday party. It was actually pretty chilly up there. Yeah, it was just, you do these things because you, you have to. I don't think that if there were, if I could wake up on that Saturday morning and do anything that I wanted to in life, apple picking two and a half hours away from my house with a bunch of kids and strangers for the most part, would not be high on the list. And then I'm there, and look, like I said, do I want to be there? No, sometimes I can't hide my emotions. And my wife starts telling me a story about her brother. Oh, did you know that, you know, one of the guys that was there, his friend or whatever. Oh, did you know that so-and-so was his friend, was my, was my brother's friend from college uh, back at Stony Brook, and now they're living in the same town, and they caught up. And, she, you know, she's going on and saying the story, and... You know, it, when she finished, I said, well, that's nice. And she goes, that's a BS answer. And now I'm thinking, well, what do you want me to say? Like, I can't win. Oh, that, I said, that's nice. Like, that's, that's the, 
Oh, that's a BS answer. Okay, well, what do you want me to say? And then my wife countered with the truth. You don't give a bleep. I said, well, yes, that is the truth. But I think I'm being nice here. Um, Why would I care about that? Yeah, that's great. Caught up with his old friend. I don't really care. That's no impact on me. So now even when I answer and try to do the right thing here and say, well, that's nice, instead of being honest and saying, I don't give a crap. Why did you just waste that last 30 seconds telling me that story that is irrelevant to me moving forward in the rest of my life? Instead of me saying the truth, no, I say, okay, that's nice. And I still can't win with it. 877-337-6666. Eric is calling from Ron Conkham. What's up, Eric? Oh, man, Sal, your wife must know my wife because I get that answer all the time. Oh, man. But, I mean, uh, I said that's nice. What do you want me to say? <laughs> uh, they, they Was I supposed to ask a follow-up? I mean, is there a follow-up? Oh, really? How'd that happen? Oh, wow. It, 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 oh, can you introduce me? It must me? be one of those trigger... Yeah, it must be one of those trigger words that that just tells them, like, oh, he's just saying it for my benefit. I don't know. But, yeah, uh, which I was, which I was. Of course, you saw right through <laughs> me, but still, take it and move on. I mean, it was my, it was the nicest thing that I could have said at that particular point. Yeah, uh, I'm glad to hear you had a good time at the concert. How how was that place uh, for that kind of venue, the the arena? How was it? Uh... I mean, I love UBS Arena. I think it's fantastic. The only issue that you have is the parking situation, which I complained oh, about yeah. it when when I went to the Islander game last year. The first time I went to an Islander game. Uh, I think it was a Friday night. The Friday after Thanksgiving, I took my nephew to see the Penguins and Islanders. And it, like, it, I was startled by it because I don't recall going to an arena where you drive to the parking lot that you have to take a shuttle to the Yeah, that was arena. interesting, yeah. So that, aside from that, which that's what happened in this particular case, and there wasn't that much traffic because it wasn't, you know, I don't know how many people the place holds, but it wasn't jam-packed. They didn't have the upper bowl seating available. That was all closed off. So it wasn't as big a crowd as it would be, say, for a sold-out Islander game. But it's still annoying where you have to take a shuttle to get to the arena. And then more so after the game where you're waiting to get back on the shuttle to get dropped off. Right, right. All right. Um, You know... I likened the yesterday's Jet game, at least for me. I know I, I know there's going to be differences, but it felt very much to me like the the final series with the Mets against the Braves, because they both had to be statement games slash series. And you know, I mean, for the Jets, obviously, because you know the the uh, the Patriots just you know manhandle them virtually every time. And this this felt like the first time where we really had a going into it a good chance of maybe changing the, the direction of things. And you know, once again, you know, uh, they came up short. You know, for whatever reason, you know, the interceptions or the you know, the, the penalty or you know the, uh, the the coaching situation. I mean, just you know, it, it's so annoying when 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 you have a well, it appears to be a bright outlook on something, and you know, then you get a nice, you know, reality slap in the face. I mean, and and I know you were saying to Hector before, as far as you know, uh, the difference between this and reality, obviously, but you know, sometimes the the reality part of it is, you know, uh, you don't want it, you know, with the sports, you know. So, uh, well, because it hurts. But don't you think, though, Eric, that maybe people got a little ahead of themselves with the Jets? I mean, yes. legitimate. Yeah, yes, yeah, so I that's, agree. That's, yeah. And that's part of the problem to me is where 
I, I felt, and I said this leading up to the game. And by the way, I thought the Jets would win the game. I thought they would play well and win the game. It was more anti-Patriots based off of what I saw Monday night. But I still was going into it cautiously and still saying. And I said last week, one of the, the, the a couple of the themes that I had throughout the course of the week for for show opens was that the Jets aren't there yet in my mind. And this proved to be true. But they they needed to show a little bit more overall. I think people kind of got a little ahead of themselves when getting excited about this Jets team. Yeah. Well, I mean, my my big thing was I was really hoping to see, you know, even if they had lost, I wanted to see at least a, a clean game. If they, if they had just gotten beaten, you know, because New England was better, I, I mean, it, it would stink, sure. But, I mean, at least I know that they are making strides. But, I mean, it just you know, it's disappointing when, you know, when you have that kind of outcome in, in a game of, in people's minds, are important. Uh, you know, there's still plenty of season left, but but this is again your you main nemesis of the. I mean, against anybody, any other team is not as as big. You know, the you know Jimmy mentions uh, the Dolphins. You know, obviously in the same division or, or no, this was uh, the game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So and, and I and that's do, why I, I, I do like actually. I, I do like your comparison, Eric, and thank you for the call. We appreciate it, as always. I do like your comparison to the Mets-Braves. Now, different circumstances as far as what was on the line, where the Mets needed to win a game to be able to win the division. So the, the stakes were way higher there. But yes, the disappointment that the Met fan felt after getting swept by Atlanta was more than just losing the division. It was also about, oh, again, this team proved to be better than the Mets are. And that's where the comparison is here, where there was a lot of hype, a lot of excitement. The Jet fan and the or the the Jet organization, whether it's coaches, players, whatever, come out to MetLife, get loud, support us, we want this place packed, all of that. They thought, the Jets believed, and this is part of the problem here, it should never feel like that. Like, oh, we're going to put a beating on them. Now, you may be able to think that behind closed doors. I shouldn't be hearing about that from coaches talking about, oh, we remember last time. Yeah, I remember it well. Oh, my God. I'm thinking to myself, are these guys insane? This is the Patriots and Bill Belichick. Shut up. Shut up. Go out there and do it and then say something. And even then, I wouldn't say anything. I'd say, man, we were lucky to beat them once. We got them again in a couple of weeks. They've been beating, the, beating this drum for seven years. Nice of us to finally get on the board. But the fans were in a celebratory mood. They, it was like a scheduled party at 1 o'clock. We're ready for this. We're going to pay back New England. This is going to be the party. Let's go out there, get loud, go beat them up. And anything but. And look, not to say the Jets shouldn't have or couldn't have won the football game. They could have, but they didn't. Bad penalties, stupid mistakes, awful special teams. You know the reasons why. It's not like it was a total mismatch. But they lost a game that they should be winning. That's the frustrating thing. And they did it at home. It'd be one thing if it were on the road in New England. You'd be like, all right, well, whatever. We'll get them back when they come here. But the fact that it was at home at MetLife where the Jets are trying to establish belief, that's the key. And, and the comparison with the Mets in Atlanta. 
where I think people believed in the Mets all year long until they got swept by the Braves. And that was evident to me by the crowd for the wild card round. The Jets had this opportunity in front of their fans to beat the Patriots and give their fans true belief in this team moving forward. Think about how the story could have been different. Had instead Zach Wilson thrown three interceptions, maybe he threw for three touchdowns. Had that Jonathan Franklin Myers penalty not happened. You know, had he actually pulled up before he hit Mac Jones on that pick six. Then it could have been that party-like atmosphere. 17-3 to at the half, now you're feeling it. And you would assume that even without Brees Hall, they'd go out there and run the football in the second half. Plus, New England trying to open things up. Maybe Mac Jones prone to making a mistake or two. Changes everything. So it could have gone differently, but it didn't. Yet again for the Jets against the New England Patriots. And that's a large reason why whatever hope or belief that they might have had going in kind of got squashed and why people are now doubting Zach Wilson, taking it a step further, frustrated, knowing that, hey, this is a game we could have and probably should have won. Can't have a quarterback making stupid decisions like that and expect to win. No less against New England. But it's way, way too early to be throwing in the towel on Zach Wilson. I'm not doing that. Coaches have to prove themselves here. Obviously, Wilson does as well. He's way too young, way too inexperienced for me to be able to give up now and say he's not the guy. No way. I think it's a combination of a bunch of different things. But it was a bad loss. Now, it's good to have bad losses. It means you're relevant. It means they matter. Where if this were last year or any of the previous, what, 10 years, it wouldn't matter. Matter of fact, I would have stayed longer at that party. I actually might have talked to some people on the way out. No need to get back. Joe, Jets, Patriots, now it's not a game on it, one that I care about. As long as I'm home by four for the Giants, we're good to go. I mean, it would have been extreme for me to stay there and talk to other people. I don't want to make any new friends at this particular point in life, but you get the point. This was must-watch. This was appointment television. Jets, Pats, biggest game of the week. And they disappointed. In a spot where it was kind of set up for them to succeed. And I just look at the disparity. The disparity to me between Belichick and Robert Sala is far greater than the one between Mac Jones and Zach Wilson. Your official station to talk Giants. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Back on the fan warm-up show with Alan Jerry coming up in just a few minutes. Maybe Hector from Washington Heights was on to something before he called, questioning sports fandom in general, saying that maybe he wants to give up. He just can't take the pain anymore. You know, I, too, uh, am frustrated with, I mean, look, we all are sports fans. But in particular, yesterday, we think about it. Geno Smith has the last laugh on the Giants. And I know it wasn't really a revenge game, but still the fact that Geno Smith 
you know, any reference, oh, I want to, this game goes out to McAdoofus and Jerry Reese. And that's annoying, number one. The Patriots, of course, dominating the Jets as they continue to do so with Belichick at the helm. That's annoying. We're supposed to be a Jets party, and yet again, Belichick and the Patriots just kind of, come on, laughed their way through, met left, and be like, yeah, you guys thought you were going to beat us, and you, you remember the score from last year? What'd that do for you? You remember us running it up? Give me a break. And then Donovan Mitchell, who could have and should have been a Nick, he lights the Knicks up. And again, somebody other than New York has the last lap. Not to mention the friggin' Phillies and Astros in the World Series. And we just keep taking it on the chin here. It is annoying and frustrating. I get it. Doc is in Hewlett. What's up, Doc? Good morning. Uh, Long-time Jets, Giants fan. And, uh, you know, two things. First about the Jets. Uh, Last year, uh, Franklin Myers had several uh, penalties for uh, roughing the passer. And in game one this year, uh, he extended a drive with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. And I just said to myself, at what point are you going to have some discipline and sit a guy down and to uh, see what happened yesterday? A very selfish play turned the tide of the game tremendously. And then I think about the uh, Giants, you know, and I love the Giants too. And I do not for the life of me understand getting rid of Kadarius Tony for nothing, for nobody. And nobody's making any moves. He's a guy that this regime did not like. I mean, what, what don't you understand about it? He wasn't there. Uh, I understand the guy has a lot of talent, and your job is to get the most out of people. And I understand maybe he wasn't the best guy in the clubhouse, and you thought you had mm-hmm. to get rid of him. But who do you got behind him? And you got guys who are hurt. And I'm watching Richie well, James talking about, two talking yesterday. About, and they're talking about potentially trading for maybe Brandon Cooks. And Tuesday is, of course, the trade deadline. Maybe the Giants will get a wide receiver. You don't trust Joe Shane? I do trust him. I just think oh, it's then, an then, then trust him. Okay, well, this guy has a lot of talent. And when it comes to fielding punts, when he fielded punts, there were no fumbles. So, you know, I, I'm not a huge Kadarius Tony guy. I'm a Giants guy. Don't get mm-hmm. rid of a guy with a tremendous amount of talent because you know what? You needed his talent. And I think yeah, the team was they... a little deflated from it. No, not from Kadarius Tony leaving, not at all. And look, I get what you're saying, Doc, and Kadarius Tony did have some promise and some talent, but clearly he wasn't a Joe Shane guy or a Brian Dable guy, and thank you for the call. And maybe they felt there were more important things than just his talent that they want in their locker room, which is part of the reason why the Giants have been able to have success. It can't just be about talent because the Giants don't have much of it. They also want high-character guys, football players. Guys are going to be motivated. Now, who knows what Kadarius Tony's going to do? He showed some promise in limited time. Could he be a stud and a, an offensive weapon for Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and the Chiefs? I wouldn't bet against it. I mean, that's what Andy Reid does well. He's going to find guys that can be weapons for him offensively. Not missing a beat without Tyree Kill. And now they're bringing Kadarius Tony. Maybe he'll be something for him. But for the Giants, they felt they got good value back in getting some picks. And they'll go out there and get their own top receiver, whether it's via a trade before Tuesday or whether it is in the draft next year. They'll figure it out. Do you trust Joe Shane or not? I can't get worked up over Kadarius Toney. And especially when I know that the Giants, remember, let's not get nuts here. They're rebuilding. This is year one. They're doing this with the scraps that were left over from Gettleman. Brian Dable is working with with scraps left over. Joe Shane's trying to get them out of the salary cap hell that they were put in. And they're able to win 
in doing so. That's remarkable. This is an evaluation year. Who's going to be keepers, who's not, whether it's Barkley, whether it's Jones, and obviously many others. Then it's going to be about, okay, what type of guys do we want to fit in in our locker room, with our culture, mm, culture, and and their systems. I trust Joe Shane. And I also think it takes guts and shows more to me in trading a guy that does have talent and ability from a position that clearly you're lacking in. I think it shows, you know, I said the same thing about Odell Beckham Jr. years ago with Gettleman. It's actually probably the best move that he ever made. Cutting loose, finally cutting the, the ties with Odell Beckham Jr. after just years and years of letting Odell do whatever he pleased and being a detriment to the team. Good for Odell turning himself around and winning a Super Bowl, blah, 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 blah. He, it was time for him to go. Anyway, with Kadarius Tony, he's got ability, clearly. They wouldn't have drafted him. The prior regime wouldn't have drafted him if they didn't think so. And we saw some of it play out. But he, for whatever reason, is not a fit with this Giants new regime. And Joe Shane could look at the player and say, hey, or or Shane and Dable together, could look at the player and say, hey, he's talented, but he doesn't get it. Maybe he's not coachable. Maybe he doesn't want to buy in. Maybe they don't like the character. I have no idea what all the issues are. But I do know that he's not a player that this regime wants and with the success that they've had through the first eight weeks I think you got to trust them and know that it's early on in the process and they will find receivers they'll replace them eventually Mitchell is calling from Fort Lee New Jersey what's up Mitchell hey good morning Sal Sal a few things number one you know what enjoy the time that you have with your family on the weekend because you know when your daughter's young and they get older your daughter's gonna want to do her own thing it's it's precious I'm a divorced father, and I spent every weekend with my daughter than I was able to, Sal. And I know you might not want to or you want to watch football, but it's, it's just precious. Just something just to, you know, you know, to do it. And I feel bad for you. Your wife, you try to be nice to her, and, she, and, she, and whatever you say, you can't win. So, you know what? Sometimes <laughs> yeah, no. you put up your hand. You know, M- much, like, never- much like the Jets against the Patriots, I can never win. You're exactly right. It's a losing battle. And I will say that the spending the time with my daughter thing – I maybe I just needed it to be on my own terms as opposed to being told, "Hey, this is what you should do," or uh, you know, for my wife, I really want you there, blah 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 blah, making me feel like I have to go. I think it was more important for me to make that decision on my own. You know, I'm I'm growing up, I'm becoming mature. Right. Make that decision on my own that hey, I could sacrifice a half of football and go back and watch it on DVR and go to be there for my daughter's thing, even though she's 18 months old and I have no idea that I was ever even there other than pictures. Even though that's the case, I'll go sacrificing and go be there for her. Number two, I bought season tickets for the Jets because it just happened. And I couldn't go to a game because I had to work. So I, I sold my tickets to Sunday's game. I was able to work. I couldn't call the Jets office to get you know two more tickets for uh, yesterday's game and even next week against the Bills that I am going to. But it's just amazing that you know every New York team, like I've always said to you, if it's the Yankees, it's the Mets, or it's the Jets, whatever it is, every, every fan complains, well, they didn't win. Like you just said for the last hour, I've been listening to you. You know what? Oh, I mean, we you, we lost you there, Mitchell. And thank you for the call. You went into a dead spot with your phone. I was curious if you were able to make money back on those tickets because I know it was you know there was a lot of hype going in to this game. So that's why I was going to follow up and ask you that question. But you know, look, it's a disappointing performance. There's no other way to put it. 
The Jet fan was excited to see their team go out there and beat a team that has owned them for seven years, the last 13 meetings. And that's annoying. Losing to the same team over and over again. Brady, Belichick, Mac Jones, Cam Newton. Well, they'll have a chance to do it again in a couple of weeks, and you hope that they've learned from their mistakes, whether it be Robert Sala and his staff or Zach Wilson as the quarterback. All right, that does it for us. Thanks to Fleegs, as always. Thanks to everybody who listened and for the few of you who called. We appreciate each and every one of you. Be back again tonight at midnight slash tomorrow morning. The warm-up show with Alan Jerry. That's next. Enjoy your Monday. Sports Radio 101.9 FM. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.